Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. We're here for the second show in October. It's almost Halloween, and I'm very excited. Thank you very much. Are we board-certified doctors of homebrew? Uh, depends on what spelling of board. Certified. <laughs> the B-O-R-E-D yeah. uh, certification. Wow, I turned my mic on to cough. Uh, <clears throat> Brian, what uh, beers do we have today? We have uh, we some have interesting a, stuff, right? Yeah, we have a Kvik uh, Saison, uh, or Kvik, I don't Kvik. know how you say it. Kvik. 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 And a uh, Coconut Imperial Stout. So, okay. yeah. Two things we've never had before. Variety. No. Yeah. I All think right. in Norwegian, you just called my mother a horse. Mm-hmm. Your mother is a horse. Oh. There. I've said it. <laughs> in English and Norwegian. <laughs> uh, this show is brought to you, of course, always by Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about all the offerings they have there to help you make better beer, to improve your beer, to grow and change uh, upwardly uh, with your beer as well. Um, it is a uh, transcendental experience to to use our products and to clean with them um, because they're great and they work. And, uh, you know, why would you scrub when you can just soak stuff in PBW, man? I tell you. Anyway, thanks to Five Star, fivestarchemicals.com. Um, okay, we're a little under the gun, so I'm going to get on Wade. Now, uh, Wade and his buddy uh, Eric were on the show last month, I believe. A couple of few shows back, yeah. Yeah, and they sent like a truckload of beer. So I think from now on, every show is just going to have Wade and Eric for, I think, the remainder of the year. They're all booked up. <laughs> um, yes. Until the refrigeration Welcome to the Wade and Eric show. <laughs> da, 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 da. They can just yeah, come in Eric. studio I'm and we Wade. can record like 17 segments in a row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to get them both on the line here in just a second. Uh, well, let's just, let's just do it right now. Why not? I told them. It's, I mean, we're already half an hour late. So. Hey, guys. I apologize what for happened? that. Um, I thought I we, you guys were going to judge the beers a little quicker in the beginning of the show. Um, so, yeah. But the mouth, Brian the Mouth Shar over Brian here. Brian the Mouth Shar. I just will not shut up tonight. What is my problem? <laughs> Wade, are you there? jokes on us. Hey, man, sorry about that. Hey. Uh, it's, it's, it's the mouth's fault. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, okay, well, we already got your history and all that kind of stuff before, so let's just let's pick a beer and we'll start it. We'll start judging. Is that cool? Is that cool with you guys? Who wants to go first? We should probably start. Uh, let's with... do Eric first. Oh, should we just go big? You want to go oh, big? Sure. Is that good with the judges in the room? Do it anyway. Right these guys want to hey, do it. It's all right. It's okay. not proper beer ordering, but we'll do it. Yeah, who cares? Let's go. We <laughs> already drank one. We, yeah. yeah, we already did it. We drank for two hours. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, Matt, why don't you start us off, dude? All right. Well, um, you know that the, when when Brian was pouring these beers out in the glass, I one thing that that hit me right off the bat was the big tan foam that 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 was in the glass. And then when I got the glass, it was gone. Um, and what I did notice were some some little white floaties. That and I'm assuming it's uh, it's See that head. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there's some coconut oh, yeah. in there. Yep. Um, That's correct. <laughs> uh, now, uh, uh, for the aroma, I'm get, I'm, uh, the first thing that hit me was quite a bit of alcoholic heat. Um, beyond that, I got some nice nutty uh, aspects from this, some light coffee, some toffee, some caramel. Wow, that foam um, just dropped. It's like negative cow. foam. Coconut oil. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm getting some prune uh, off, the, off the nose. But, again, some very sharp alcohol uh, aromatics. Uh, appearance, inky black, the way it should be. Uh, like I said, nice, thick, tan foam. But, boy, th- does it just go away. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, the, the first thing I got on the flavor was sort of this peanutty thing. But, and and I, did get, I did get coconut on the aroma, but I didn't get a whole lot of coconut in the flavor. Um, again, pretty hot, uh, low to medium bitterness. Um, you know what I, I wrote? Actually, it reminded me of, of uh, Turkish coffee. <clears throat> um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Over peanut butter toast or something. Uh, <laughs> right. A um, little plummy. Uh, uh, mouthfeel, a very chewy, big, full mouthfeel that finishes mm-hmm. nice and dry. Yeah, uh, it's not very syrupy at all. Uh, not not enough. I, I mean, for, for for what I thought it would be, uh, based off off the appearance, there isn't a whole lot of coconut going on. In spite, you know, uh, in spite of the the little bits, um, and it, but it does seem a little young and hot still. Uh, for an imperial stout, you know, an imperial stout needs to sit and and, and mingle for a little while yeah. to yeah. come into its own. Get some experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I gave this beer a thirty. Um, I think it's a. a I, I give this beer, you know, a few more months, even six months, and it'll be a completely different beer. These beers change drastically over time. Yeah. Um, and uh, age always uh, nips off those sharp edges. So, so I'll be curious to ask the brewer a few questions. And uh, uh, should I ask some questions now, or should I go ahead and give my score sheet? Go ahead and give your score sheet. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that uh, in the aroma, the coconut dominated. Uh, definitely got some roast uh, coffee-like malt in the background, but it was definitely in the background. Um, to the extent they were there were esters, it was all coconut uh, dominated. Uh, I didn't get a lot of harsh alcohol at first, but as it warms up, there's definitely alcohol in the uh, the aroma, and it's um, still. I think overall they gave the aroma ten. Uh, appearance is great. The problem is the head, which is Jason was saying. Man, that goes from like a, a three quarters of an inch to zero in like ten yeah. seconds, and that's yeah. got to be the coconut oil. I mean, that's natural. At the end of the day, it's one point. You're working with an ingredient like coconut. You know it's going to destroy the head. You just have to live with that. Um, flavor. I also agree the coconut wasn't as prominent in the flavor. Definitely got uh, up front more of the roast malt slash coffee followed up by some sweet and kind of harsh alcohol, and then coconut. Really well attenuated. You know, it's often hard to get a beer like this to be as dry as this is a very dry, well attenuated example of this style. So good job on that. Um, Coconut's pleasant, but it doesn't dominate. Um, Mouthfeel is, um, you know, it's warming. It's a little harsh. It's slightly astringent from the alcohol. 
think overall it's well done. I think it's got excellent coconut character. Just the harsh alcohol is kind of the real uh, factor here. And I'll, I'll be curious, you know, if there is temperature control in the fermentation because the, the harsh kind of almost fusel character is kind of symptomatic of a runaway early fermentation where you pitched a lot for a big beer, didn't control the temperature. Temperature may have ran up to 90, 90 plus degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and if you ferment it really fast and really hard like that, you can get really good attenuation like this, but end up with some kind of mm. harsh alcohol. That's what yeah. you're getting? Huh. I don't I get, get that. I get some harsh alcohol myself. That, mm. That's just I'm just one man's opinion. Yeah, that's true. All right. Yeah. Third, second, Brian. <clears throat> Sharp. Uh, yeah. But first in my heart. Sharp, strong alcohol in the nose right up front to me, too. Uh, you know the malt. It's it's a very high multi beer. It's it's superbly multi, roasty, low coffee, uh, light caramel. Uh, there's just no hops in there. Shouldn't you know? There's no hops jumping out at me, um, and no no really bad stuff like DMS diacetyl. But yeah, big kind of warming or well not not warming my nose, but later on uh, yeah in the throat it's it's a hot. Um, but yeah, big, bigger coconut notes in the nose. Overall, very pleasant, and uh, I, I like the way it expressed itself there. Again, just dark, yeah, dark black pours. Um, that that weird head gone. I mean, I'm saying the same things as these other guys, but yeah, uh, it has it has the small. Um, I call them dandruff-like white floaties on the surface, um, and it just yeah fades to some kind of fine little tan bubbles at the edge. Is, is all you're left with that, that you can kind of. Rouse a tiny bit, but not really. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, it's a bit solventy. The alcohol and the flavor is a bit solventy, and 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 it's you know just a little much. But even so, I still really liked the the flavor. All uh, it had a low bitterness, uh, balanced definitely to the malt. The uh, finishes kind of yeah semi dry. There's a little bit of sweetness in there. I would say still it's like kind of a semi sweet chocolate impression. Um, yeah, the, the coconut is a lot lower in the, in the flavor, and there's just you get alcohol and roast lingering in the aftertaste. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's quite full bodied um, carbonation. Well, there's something in there. I guess it's kind of low, medium low. It's you know it's there and it pushes up a good head at start the start, but uh, yeah, just very warming, uh, but it's still somewhat creamy nonetheless. It's just, it's it, really interesting, but it's overall. I would just recommend uh, maybe changing your shampoo. Um, you know, um, I like Head and Shoulders. You know, but no, it's just it's 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 a wonderfully you know wonderfully made coconut imperial stout. Uh, it's just just too hot. Um, I gave it a thirty three. I would have liked you know if it was all these flavors. Maybe, maybe pushing up the coconut and the flavor a little more. You could get towards towards forty or higher. But um, it's a fun beer. You know, still so I could I can I can sip it. I can't. Pound it because it's like. Ooh, can can yeah. you pound any imperial stout though? No. All right. Mm. <laughs> well, you could. You want to try? Should we do it? <laughs> I would love it if you guys did that. We have another beer. One, two. <laughs> I I gave it a thirty-three. Also, I'm not sure okay. if I gave my score. Now that I think back. Yeah. That's a very very good beer. It's just yeah, it needs a little little tuning there, especially on the alcohol thing. Yeah, uh, Eric. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you did this, how you added the coconut, and um, you know all about it. Yeah, so this was a really fun beer that I got to do. Uh, one of the guys that I work with, another avid home brewer, um, he was able to get a Stranahan's whiskey barrel from like his brother, brother-in-law, a friend, oh. something like that. So that's where we got our barrel from. 
And uh, it was a collaboration brew, which was fun because it was the first time I'd ever done something like this with another partner. So I brewed up 20 gallons, he brewed up 30 gallons, and then uh, we let it sit in the barrel for close to a year, actually. Wow. That changes then, uh, It's a booze yeah, barrel coconut yeah. imperial stout. So I, I got my 20 gallons back, and then I, I did a little bit of experimentation with the 20 gallons. So 10 gallons I left alone. Five gallons I did a vanilla version. Uh, this five gallons I did on cocoa nibs um, for about six weeks before I added the I added two pounds of oh, toasted nice. coconut that I did it myself in my oven in my kitchen and then let that sit for a couple of weeks and then went ahead and bottled it up. So it was it was fun. I mean, it was the first time I'd ever done a collaboration. It was the first time I ever done my own toasted coconut. So it was just really an experimentation more than anything else to to see what you know. See how that process looks like. Yeah. How so. much whiskey was left in that barrel when you filled it up? So at the time, uh, I had broke my hand um, after I had brewed. So my friend, the guy that I work with, came over and picked it up. So I got it. I have no idea how much whiskey was still left. <laughs> Two thirds full. He's like, no, it was all dry. Yeah, now that I taste it, it. It's yeah, it's, that's probably a, a good uh, a good guesstimation. I'm not getting a ton of whiskey. Yeah, I don't get a ton of whiskey or a barrel, for that matter. Well, the barrel might be dead. It's, yeah. No, not in a whiskey barrel, because it has to be be new American oak, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. (sighs) How much uh, coconut did you use? I used, in the five-gallon batch, I used um, two pounds of raw coconut that I toasted in my oven. And then added to it, and I let that sit for about three weeks in the carboy, and then I and then I bottled it after that. I think I'm just going to put it out to the field here because you guys know more than I do. But I think that's entirely way too much coconut. And I think what happened is you're getting a lot of astringency and slickness from the oils, and I think it's killing a lot of more subtle flavors in this beer. Hmm. That's my theory. I think you should put a pound in. Maybe. I mean, I like... No, that's what I think. It's I, not maybe. It's what I think. <laughs> well, that's definitely what you think. I, I, but I, I think, to me, when I have a coconut beer like this, I like to get a lot of coconut. But, I mean, you're not you're not wrong in that, you know, the head is kind of the fir- first example that there's a lot of coconut oil in this beer. I mean, and it may be that it's knocking out some of the subtle barrel It's aspects. congealing on the surface. I've never yeah. seen, I've literally no. never seen that. A, a, a lot of the flavor in coconut is in the oil. That's where all the flavor is, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, and if it's congealing on the surface, it's not in the beer. Mm, that's um, a good point. So, that's why you can taste it, or you can't taste it. Well, there's, so, right. That was the yeah. thing I, I had never ever. This is my first time ever using coconut. I haven't used wow. it since this. So you're gonna we're gonna put just, a big just red playing with it to see what would chest. happen. And, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of favorite know. flavors kind of fighting with each other too. And the coconut uh, in the in the aroma, you get it. And there's a, you know the alcohol and the booze alongside that. But in the flavor, you just get that you know that that the hot solventy alcohol coming through and the the nibbing and everything else and it's just like a whoa like fruit bowl impression of i mean you know if if chocolate and and well and and that's the other thing i don't get uh it's a seed (laughs) it's a seed of a fruit pod pod. i guess um Spice I don't get herb, any really cocoa herb. in there either. So, yeah. and and the only the only reason I say like maybe it's too much cocoa uh, coconut is because if you if you just eat like a lot of raw coconut, that kind of almost green grassy kind of 
astringency you kind of get. That's what I'm getting at, at the end. Like it's very abnormally dry finishing, and and um, and it shouldn't be. And I can only blame the coconut because yeah. I don't. That's where my scope of knowledge ends. I drink this beer with a pumpkin pie. This mm. is, is I think yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah and I could totally sip make this. A, with make a, a reduction with it and use it as a sauce on like some ice cream or something. Oh yeah, but the nibs get lost. I, I agree with you. The nibs yeah. just aren't really noticeable in this. And what I would do is no, I just I get want some Nation's pie and get like some coconut cream, and I would double down <laughs> on this freaking coconut man, and I would just get coconut <laughs> pie and drink this, and that would be badass. Yeah, I put it in a blender and then shove it up my butt. That's what I would do. Um, no, I, yeah, I don't. I don't get the coke. I don't get the nibs, and, and I don't think I want them in there. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm glad I don't really taste them um, because of all the other stuff. I want to taste the other. I I, I want to taste more of the beer. You get a lot of beer uh, flavor up, up front, but that mid palate on it all just kind of goes away. Uh, it tastes like it would be a really cool. Would you mind uh, reading the recipe if 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 you have that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it is one bourbon, um, one scotch, a lot of, one beer. You know, a lot of pale malt, of course. Um, there's a lot of roasted barley in it, and then chocolate malt, uh, crystal 80, uh, caramel 120, and then actually a little bit of black malt yeah. is in the recipes. So, I mean, I can... Yeah, I'm getting a lot of that toffee mm. character that you get from the yeah. uh, our, our friend Randall in the chat who works for a brewery, I don't know if he wants me to say, a brewery in L.A., uh, he says they use a pound of coconut per barrel in the brewery. Okay, yeah. toasted so, coconut or raw coconut? Probably toasted, I would imagine. Toasted yeah, at our brewery. Yeah, so just uh, you know. Okay. As a as a as a barometer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I I did a little search around on Google and you know asked some friends and stuff and it's where you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no, and, d- and go d- from there. D- so. d- don't get me wrong; no one's knocking you for doing for you know for screwing up. Let's be honest. No, um, mm. no, <laughs> because you you have to you have to work it out for yourself. Honestly, I mean, there's so much information available, especially about homebrewing, um, on the internet. Uh, I remember, like in the 2000s, when I was really kind of starting homebrewing. Um, uh, I would just make fun of every internet recipe because it's like, okay, it's it's always going to be just jack the shit because nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Now a lot of people know what they're doing, but there's so many recipes that kind of mirror each other, but then you get kind of the one-offs that don't really know what they're doing. So they go, here's 12 pounds of raspberries in a four-gallon bag. It's just, it's, it's too much. So you do kind of have to just throw a caution in the wind and be like, you know what? What's really fun to me right now is toasting all this coconut. So I'm going to jam it all in there. And I think that's totally cool. And you have a good time doing it and that was your first time doing it uh i've done it a couple times with beers and it's fucking awesome it feels really cool it's kind of neat you're you're really it's another layer to homebrewing that you don't really get most of the time because you're not messing with your ingredients so don't get us wrong we're not you know we're not shaming you or anything but uh no not at all it's just a fun thing (laughs) i had i had 20 ounces to play around with and did a little experimentation and you know learn from it and yeah just do better the next time. Not, not yeah. do better the next time, but you know, Different. have fun with it the next time. Yeah. Hold on to these bottles for a while, though, man. Because Definitely. I'll tell you what, this this is going to get better with time. I really I think, think so. so. Too, yeah. So I have a quick co- coconut question for you. So did you get shredded coconut, or did you get like whole coconuts and chop them up, or the, where did you get the source coconut from? Did you climb a tree and get them out of your backyard? I actually grew the trees myself and waited nice. years for them. Sorry. And he is a monkey no, that nice. climbs up the trees. <laughs> this has been a beer 20 years in the making. Just a grocery store, just raw flake coconut, brought them home, okay. toasted in my oven, 
added the toasted coconut after that. Nice. nice. Yeah, that's cool. Here's a question. Maybe nobody knows. Does coconut... Well, first of all, when did you uh, brew this beer, Eric? Uh, this beer was brewed... The, the base beer itself was was brewed probably about a year and a half ago, maybe pushing two years. Wow. Okay. It sat in a, a full 55-gallon barrel for about eight months or so, and then um, it's been sitting in the bottle for coming up on a year now. Okay, so it's been coconutted for about a year? Yep. Can coconut oil go rancid? Yes. That's what I get a little bit of, because like, it it's not leaving my mouth, and I, and I feel like maybe there's... There's so much that it's kind of turning. Help preserve it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, dude, this is beer is two years old. I would never. I would have thought six months. Yeah, yeah, agreed. It's held up really, really well. Uh, mm-hmm. The the base beer. So kudos to you and your your bottling techniques. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, do you have any questions for anybody else, or did we did we uh, you know bang your coconuts a little too hard? <laughs> no, we're good, man. I, I appreciate all your guys' feedback and and look forward to my next batch. How so does Wade, Wade, Wade feel about your coconuts, though? <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for sending it in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was fun to try. All right, guys. I tell you what, I'm going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to come back and we'll get to the other beers. Is that cool with you guys? Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, I was talking to the guys on the phone, but. <laughs> hey, you guys on the phone? You okay? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, hang on, guys, for a second. Uh, More Beer wants to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a uh, family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from something called no-lox varietals that do not contain the enzyme lipooxygenase, which leads to trans 2 non in beer, which is, which is responsible for those stale cardboard flavors. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. Future, future. All right. I like life in the future. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Before we get to the second beer, which is a name I don't even know how to pronounce, I want to tell you guys that the city of Concord is the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. It's centrally located in the Bay Area, boasts strong craft beer-loving demographics. (coughs) 
The city's historic downtown is experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and new apartment developments in the pipeline. So lots of people are going to be living there soon. That's what they're trying to say. Concord's business and industrial parks are centrally located off major freeways and are perfect for large-scale brewery operations. The city's economic development team is ready to help you find a successful location to meet your business needs. Uh, give Brian Dunnelly a call at 925-671-3018. God, if only I had any money or ability to brew well. That, yeah. would, that sounds like that would be an awesome thing to do. Brew well? <laughs> exactly. Have I, money. I don't know about Things it. like that. I don't know anything about it. No. Um, all right, Wade, it's your turn, dude. Are you there? I'm here. I'm ready. Hell yeah. What did you make? So this uh, Kvik, Kvik, uh however you want to pronounce it, Saison. Uh, I did what? what? Kvik, it's the type of yeast. Yeah, it's the yeah, type yeah, of yeast. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Give me like a historic rundown. Uh, go. So this yeast is typically a Norwegian style yeast. Uh, it's wild. Um, this specific strain is Simonitis, which is out of Lithuania. Um, I got it from uh, Milk the Funk uh, Facebook group. Okay. Passing it around, so I got a culture of it. Um, it's basically a wild yeast. There's some Brett in it. Uh, it's got a little bit of lacto, but I have too much uh, hops in this beer okay. to let the lacto go. Okay. So pretty much the wild yeast. Do you like it? I haven't oh, had I it yet. You do like it? Oh, yeah. This, okay. this yeast is one of my favorite yeasts right now. Nice. Uh, it can really tolerate high fermentation temperatures. Yeah. Like this one was fermented at 95 degrees. I believe it. Wow, geez. Okay, um, waiting for. Yeah, You're give me some. Give me stolen. some fucking beer. Oh, oh God, give me that. Give me this right now. I need it. Um, all right, Brian Cooper, why don't you go ahead and uh, actually let's let the mouth go first. Mouth, go ahead, go first. All right, I got myself a new nickname. That's uh, I guess not. We'll see if You've that lasts it. more than one heard episode. Heard mouth. So, um, yeah, I was interesting. Is we judged this beer maybe about a half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago, and it came off, I think, much differently then than it does now. I got then like a much more smoky, sausagey impression, almost with like some soft white cheese, like Havarti or something, and I was not terribly happy with it. We opened a second bottle, and it's a little warmer. And I definitely don't get nearly as much of that in in the second bottle. Hmm, uh, I get more of uh, uh, what I think of as a as a saison. Everyone's I mean, some of that. Yeah, well, I mean, some <laughs> some of that smoke. I, I still get some smoky phenolic. I still get a little cheese, hmm. but I get much more of the uh, like the black pepper, the classic black pepper sort of phenol that you expect from a Saison. And maybe it's because it's warmer or some of those more smoky uh, phenolics have blown off. Or maybe just the second bottle is a little different. That can happen. Were these bottle conditioned or bottled from a keg? Uh, they were beer gunned, so they were bottled from a keg. Okay, so they're all, there shouldn't be any individual bottle differences. Um, no. So I initially given the aroma a, a six, and I'd probably come up to more like a seven or an eight based on having a little warmer sample. Um, Color is golden. The beer is a little hazy. Uh, head's low and persistent. Gave it a two or three for appearance. Uh, definitely get more, uh, again, as it warms up, I get more black pepper. Definitely there's still some, I get some some smoked malt kind of character to it and a little bit of cheese. Uh, but that's not as predominant as it was when it was colder. And it's interesting how temperature can affect what you, uh, what you taste <laughs> right. uh, a lot. 
Uh, I'd initially given it like an 11 out of 10 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel, body's low, as is the carbonation, which is classic for bottling from a keg, whether a beer gun or anything else. Uh, Didn't get really any warming. Uh, Wanted more carbonation in this beer. Mm -hmm. Saison ought to be effervescent. Uh, So gave that a 4 out of 5. I initially had the overall impression... Something that's well attenuated and dry, like a Saison should be, but with uh, sort of some odd smoky phenolics out of this, perhaps from the high fermentation temperature. Uh, But I initially scored this a 28, and I think I would come up more to like a a 30, 31. Uh, I'm going to just live on air, change that to a 31 (laughs) right this second, uh, based on the second bottle and on the warmer sample. You know, it's an interesting, and I I really appreciate getting a chance to try a beer that's made with uh, yeast I've never even heard of. Uh, It's really kind of the essence of homebrewing, right, as you're trying new things and experimenting and getting some yeast from a total stranger off of Facebook and then (laughs) brewing a beer. I mean, that's pretty pretty bold. Yeah, trusting him enough to do that. The smoky phenolics you're talking about, you you originally were saying smoked malt, but when you say smoky phenolics, that that smacks of like more of a Band-Aid-y thing. And And I'm not getting a whole lot of... That. Yeah, I'm sorry for getting, not being precise. Yeah. I mean, my, but my, when I said smoky, what I meant was the phenolic of the smoke yeah. gave it to me a real smoked malt character, and not not a band aid. I didn't I haven't gotten band aid out of right. this, but I got more like my initial impression of this was, wow, this is you know 15, 20 percent smoked malt in this this yeah. this grist. Uh, again, as it warms, I'm just not getting that as much, and it, the phenols are coming across much more like a black pepper, like you want from a saison. Sure. Um, right off the bat, I, I I got a lot of clove, a lot of black, and, and you you said something about sausagey. I think maybe uh, you know the, the spices that you get in a sausage, very clovey, yeah. peppery. I was getting a lot of crushed, like fresh crushed black pepper, clove. But what I was also getting is this very sweet orange peel, sort of orange juice uh, uh, aspect to it. And beyond that, just past that, you get that that nice little graham cracker. With just a very slight bubblegum ester profile, um, I really like the aroma quite a bit. Uh, hate, like you said, hazy orange, um, quite thin but long-lasting foam. Uh, a flavor that what, what stuck out to me most is that very sweet orangey ester, very floral, um, slightly tart. And, and when you when you said that this yeast has uh, sort of a touch of Brett in it. Um, that did kind of bring out sort of those when you were uh, Brian talking about the cheesy uh, flavors you're getting. I'm thinking maybe that's coming uh, from from that uh, sort of Brett wild yeast. It's aspect. entirely possible. Yeah. I mean, the cheese. To my, when I say cheese, it's very subtle and it's kind of that soft white. Mm-hmm. It's not like the stinky cheese. Right. It's just a very subtle and it's entirely possible that's a, a Brett. A character, right, right. Um, I'm getting some lemongrass. Uh, very, the bitterness is 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 not quite where I want bitterness to be in a saison. Um, uh, mouth feels pr- uh, medium dry, spicy, uh, very slight astringency. Now I found it to be pretty effervescent, especially on that first bottle. It, you know, I took a sip and it just filled my mouth with with foam with bubbles. Um, sort of an herbal aftertaste. Uh, overall impression uh, finishes dry. Um, however, the mid palate is pretty sweet, and I couldn't couldn't pinpoint in the, in the beginning whether that sweetness for, was from uh, the esters or uh, slight under attenuation. 
but this is a highly attenuative yeast, so I'm assuming it's the the ester profile. Um, I, I would say that increasing your your hop bitterness would go a long way to balance that out. Um, and uh, uh, I, I I think this is a very very pleasant beer. I, I liked it a lot. Um, However, I, I, like I said, the, the sweetness, kind of, it, and it sits on your tongue, too. It's sort of a, a, a cloying sweetness that, that sits on your tongue for a while. I ended up giving this a 35. Um, I liked it quite a bit um, uh, for a beer that's made with a yeast, like Brian said, that I've never heard of before. So, <laughs> Of a yeah. guy online. Okay. On Facebook. No <clears throat> guy with a trench yeah. coat on the corner. What's the Kavik, buddy? He pulled up in a van. Or a hot <laughs> watch. Free yeast. <laughs> Free yeast. Uh, all right, uh, Brian. A few, com- a few comments. A few comments, A few please. comments. I, I think like Brian Mouth, I also liked the second bottle a little bit better. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's temperature thing. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, just a big clove-like spiciness in the nose. And uh, a lot of different phenols in there. I, I got almost a, a medicinal one, but not like a, you know, a chlorophenolic or anything like that. Um, some, just something that comes across like a kind of juniper, juniper berry, kind of gin-like spiciness, um, kind of sharp and up front, just, just a little like, hey, here's a freaking, you know, here's some, some feet hey. for you, buddy. <laughs> hey. Like the guy in the corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, fruitiness. Yeah. Again, just kind of some fun fruitiness in there. Um, uh, mostly citrusy stuff. Um, and then the, to me, one of the most interesting things about this beer, I'll get down to, you know, overall impression to me was that the, um, the aroma and the flavor are, are quite two quite different things. You know, the aroma has that it's all spiciness and a little fruit, but you get to the flavor and, and it's you know it's still got a high spiciness, but it's paired with this neat kind of cider apple and orangey fruitiness, and it's it's really high and it's it might be coming out a little higher because the bitterness is low. And I I do agree that you want to have something as a counterpoint to. Um, to you know, play off all of that fruit that's there. Although it's not cloying, of course, because it's super dry. But uh, you know, it's just like it, it, it's it's an interesting kind of you know a little more a little bit of pepperiness in there, but not like a lot of bitterness. So you know, it's um, it's a fun beer though. It's kind of uh, mouthfeel wise, medium light bodied, but it feels pretty light and it's easy to drink um, and a little smooth warmth. Uh, so slightly creamy. I didn't get a big astringency in it myself, but it's a little biting. Just I think from all the phenolic gets in there, um, and yeah, the, the carbonation does. It's easy, easily roused. You get a little bit of you know, kind of medium plus CO two there. Well, yeah, I, I guess the bottom line is I really don't understand this beer. I, I have to admit it that I've never had a Kvyk, uh saison <laughs> before. And, um, you know, but um, I'm interested in it, and it's fun. So uh, just judging it as a straight 25B, it's kind of threw me some curveballs here and there. And I, I went, you know, landed at a 32 on it. But, it, you know, in all fairness to the beer, I think it, it probably should be a little higher. And if you entered it as a specialty, uh, you know, Saison, oh, sure. uh, with someone who understands this yeast and knows a little better um, you know, what it's all about, uh, I think it presents itself well. With a little fine-tuning, you get... You know, pretty good score in there. So, um, thank you for sharing. It's it's fun and it's it's interesting. I enjoyed it. 
not your typical, yeah. you know, not your dad's beer, you know. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you that calling this a specialty or a historical, this I don't know if this is historical style or not. Um, there, In the 2015 guidelines, there are some more places to put this, uh, and it might have done a little better. What about the recipe? What what did you do to it? What is the the ba- the malts and all the and the hops yeah. and the stuff? So it's fifty two percent Pilsen malt, twenty uh, percent white wheat, fifteen uh, percent rye, um, and then that's the malt bill. Oh, and then there's four percent dextrose. Okay. Um, as far as the uh, hop schedule. There's um, half an ounce or 9.3 IBUs of Magnum at first wort, and I do a 90-minute boil. Um, and then middle fruit, uh, 7.9 IBUs or three ounces for this 15-gallon batch uh, at 15, and then 4.8 IBUs at Whirlpool for 20 minutes or three ounces. Then that's pretty much it. Did you find this this yeast to poop out midway through? Because a lot of times with with saisons uh, or triples or whatever, uh, the it's it starts to uh, slow down at 93 degrees it was probably plenty yeah, yeah. just kept on cruising right yeah. this yeast can handle super high temperatures without That's... creating super off flavors yeah. uh this yeast was done fermenting in 16 hours that is wild dude wow. Jeez, yeah. dude yeah and it's negative play-doh so it's it's Jesus. super super low it is so dry yeah. wow and then there is some water chemistry on this uh i added some chalk and some gypsum um just to get it super dry, I think it's like 300 parts per billion or parts per million of uh, hardness, water hardness, because I like to have my saisons a little hard, um, just because they it gives you that mouth dryness that I like. Doesn't yeah. come across super minerally, but yeah, it does. It, I'm sure it's accenting that dryness that's already there. It'd be a little different if you didn't have all that. Yeah, yeah well so I did do a little bit of water chemistry. I don't have it in front of me right now, but um, yeah, I really like this beer. I do too. It's a little yeasty, maybe a little yeast kind of thing on the aftertaste. Maybe a little bit, but um, maybe that's what I was. And it's kind of getting in the way of like a, a really enjoyable finish, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's it was aged for three months at ninety degrees in the summer in my garage. Mm. Uh, I just kind of forgot about it. I had fifteen gallons of this, and I did I split it up into three different batches. I did a couple with bottle dregs that are still going, and then some of our house culture at the brewery I worked for. Um, so that's kind of still going. I haven't even touched those yet, um, just because I want those sour. But yeah. um, this one, it turned out well. I bottled it up and entered it in the comp, and it won a Pro-Am, which is pretty cool. Nice. Well, right. what, uh, what bottle dregs did you uh, utilize? Uh, previous iteration of the Kavik? So, no, that that was a separate five-gallon batch that I did. This one's straight Kavik um, okay. yeast. Okay. Um, there's no bottle dregs on this one. Gotcha. The other one, it, I had a big bottle share, and it was kind of, oh, we like this beer. Throw the dregs in. Type <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Sounds like something cool. Brian Cooper would do. I do crazy stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like 15 bottles in that carboy. It's pretty crazy. Damn. Yeah, this it's it is interesting because I, part of me, it's it's almost like lemony, like like yeah, the crisp a bit tart in it for sour. Sure. Yeah, and and I don't know if I want more of that sour tartness or not. I would. Yeah, like, that. like I said, I mean, yeah. it does. Yeah. Have Agreed. Enough, like, people reported it to have lacto in it. Mm. Um, so I think if I cut down the hops a little bit, it would have a little bit more tartness to it. Mm. But I kind of like it without the lacto, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I don't, I don't know. But that's it's really interesting. Thank you for sending that. Yeah, so imagine yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get, source some kavik from the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
that's the funny thing is with that pro-am i'm gonna bring this wild crazy lithuanian yeast into yeah. their clean brewery how, how do they feel about that um so I, it's with equinox out of fort collins so i haven't uh-huh. really talked to them about it yet I, <laughs> I was like so you're gonna let me bring this yeast in right and they're like yeah sure and i'm like it's wild just so you know like, <laughs> yeah, a wild and crazy yeah. yeast they're like yeah. so am i yeah. dude i get it i don't know yeah just, uh, <laughs> suddenly they're like you know uh, let's push this brew back <laughs> So hopefully the guys that you know cover up the labels. Oh, why is ten fifty six? Oh, okay, sure, yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. So hopefully they'll let me use it, but you never know. Yeah. Um, we have some of it at our brewery that we just got messing around in the back, but we definitely keep it under wraps because it's, sure. it's pretty stuff. Yeah, you may be for fermenting sure. that at your yeah. place. <laughs> be careful right. messing around too much in the back. I heard some oh, yeah, breweries get the trouble there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have any questions? Uh, wait for the guys, or or do we kind of cover everything? I mean, you guys pretty much covered everything. Um, I guess the one thing, I get the residual sweetness. Um, it's kind of the wart, I think, because um, this was a pretty sweet wart. It ended up, like, finishing up with, even though it was pretty negative Play-Doh, it finished really coinly sweet, which I agree with. But um, it would be interesting to redo this with a little more hops in it just to balance it. Yeah, I wouldn't go yeah. crazy with it. And, and yeah. as we're going along, too, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid on this. I'm kind of enjoying the beer more as we go along and talk about it more. So, you know, it's it's fun. It's really interesting. Yeah, definitely do it again. Don't let it sit because I think there is some yeast bite to it that I don't really – it's weird. But the, and I think the yeah the impression the the sweetness is just the impression of sweetness obviously from all the the fruit flavors and and aromas that are in there that just make it seem seem sweet and fruity but it's not sweet at all oh it's my God. so dry tons of 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 milk sugar and a bunch yeah. of fruit oh jeez yeah. you know what's interesting glitter it does sound like that would go really well together but I'm not going to no, say it we just cracked a can called uh, Pussy Grabs Back from Honolulu Beer Works it's an extra pale ale made by oh, the uh, the Pink Boots Society Pink Boots Brew so uh, brewed with a special hop blend for Pink Boots Society. Cool. I want to circle back just very briefly before yes. we talk about that. I agree with Brian. It's really unusual that a beer gets better as it warms up. Because usually when they warm up, it's like all the good stuff you've ha- you've had. And then like when it was colder, the cold was masking off flavors and the off stuff starts to come out. True. This is, this is a really weird example and i think it's a sign of a well-made beer that as it gets warm it's actually getting better and i agree with brian that i I come around to it more as it warms up uh so so well done i mean it's the exact opposite of the way that things typically happen Uh, yeah it's not starting to taste stale and gnarly it's just oh that fruit is still in there just fruit bowl fruit punch exactly yeah thing that brian said too with the juniper um, yeah, a traditional Kavik or Kavai, however you want to pronounce it, uh, beer is actually done with juniper branches in the mash tun. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, like a sati. Yeah, they yeah, do yeah. it. Uh, juniper branches and then sparge over those. So it's one thing I do definitely want to try is doing a traditional Kavai keys. Uh, yeah. Beer, yeah. It's, it's pretty low. It's like three percent or two percent beer, so it's, it'd be pretty interesting to try. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think it's there were any tree parts in this, but it is. There's something in the yeast character that expresses itself in a way that that probably would accent mm-hmm. that nicely. It's interesting. Oh, I would yeah. love to try that. Yeah, you're yeah. in Colorado. You could probably go find spruce <laughs> out in the mountains and cut some branches down and just like sparge the shit out of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely ma- want to try a beer with some pr- spruce tips in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. throw your out, make it in the woods. You know, yeah. Hey, if you do that, yeah, send it in, man. That'd be cool. For sure. Yeah. All right, man. We'll let you go. Cool. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Thanks, you right, guys. Thanks for sending that Thanks, in. Thanks, guys. Later.
That's oh, cool. Wow. I like yeah. getting unique stuff here on the show. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a dual IPA show, uh, yeah, for once. So. <laughs> double IPA no IPA and double no IPA. IPA. Speaking of something else that's cool, you guys, the American Home Brewers Association, which is a member-driven organization that wants to help you save money on beer and brewing supplies. In addition to providing brewing resources and hosting one-of-a-kind events, the AHA offers money-saving discounts at nearly 2,000 destinations around the country through their member deals program. Join the AHA at homebrewersassociation.org and make your beer money go further further for the beer money all right we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back and we're going to give stuff away uh it's dr homebrew we'll be right back do you know the three most important rules in brewing sanitation sanitation and sanitation and no one does it better than five star chemicals five star knows sanitation you can only sanitize clean equipment and five star knows how to clean too for craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. We're here talking about spruce leaves and mashing with a bunch of shit. And you know, <clears throat> what are you going to do, right? It's the type of super geeky talk that we do at the break here on Doctor Homebrew. Only here on Doctor Homebrew. Uh, hey, if you want to gain a more in-depth knowledge of yeast, join White Labs November fifth and sixth. Which are just one and two days before my birthday. Uh, for Yeast Essentials 2.0 in Asheville, North Carolina. This two-day workshop will explore fermentation control points, tips for maintaining optimal yeast performance, and how to develop desired yeast flavor compounds. Attendees will learn methods for off-flavor detection and sensory evaluation techniques of different strains, as well as how to properly troubleshoot different fermentation problems. If you can't make it to Asheville, that's not a problem. They're offering a webinar I hate that word webinar. Uh, they're offering an online version that you can watch for free. It's, I mean, it's longer. It's not as concise as webinar. But anyway, register. Uh, well, it's too late now. You missed early bird pricing. Oh man! Damn it! 
But anyway, go to whitelabs.com slash education and uh, learn yeast handling. And that's cool that they're doing it online. I mean, they everything are. should be online. You should never leave your house. They're doing the good Lord's work there at White Labs, those guys, I tell you. If Chris White's listening, he should get some of that kvik in the homebrew yeah. vault. Yeah. Dude. Make that a vault. I would, up, I would be up, surprised if he doesn't have that. Seems like it's a black market thing right now. <laughs> well, if you got to right. get it off some guy on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's pretty much a black Facebook. market thing. Yeah. The, what is it called? The... the the dark web. You can't yeah. be sure. The dark web. <laughs> That's can't like be sure that road. he didn't just spit in a bucket and say, "Here, here's your yeast." Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a pound of meth and some DMT, and can I get a few vials of this kvik too, right. please? And about a hundred thousand credit card numbers. And yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever works. Uh, Okay, well, let's give away a Grog Tag $40 gift certificate. By the way, Grog Tag is your one-stop homebrew customization shop. They have it all from reusable beer and wine labels to durable metal science to high-quality coasters, and everything is customizable. Get creative over on grogtag.com with one of their hundreds of templates, and they'll print it on high-quality materials and ship it out to you. So it's good you actually get what you what you order. Uh, it's easy. Check out grogtag.com today and use code BNARMY to save 10% on your next order. Uh, okay, Brian uh, Cooper, who was the winner of the $40 Grog Tag gives you the Well, I need well to while do Brian's some math working now. that out, you know, I, I tried Grog Tag for the first time last year for my Christmas stout that I make every year. Yes. And, and I got some actual. The Don't Pout Stout? The Don't Pout Stout. Fuck, see, I and know brand recognition here, Brian. You've been, uh, you've known me yeah. for a while. I think it's I brought true. you some to your house. But Probably. So, uh, I know, never drank it, but. That la- <laughs> well, it just gets better over time. <laughs> okay. uh, I got some Grog Tag labels, labels made, and those were pretty badass. You know, they took, They're good stuff, dude. Instead of taking the, the gold Sharpie and writing the beard name, name and my name on there looked really nice. Yeah, I good. like to just put a, a one letter initial on the cap and then <laughs> in a year I forget what it is. I, <laughs> right. I, I have so many beers in my closet that <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. Grog tags, dude. Yeah. What is this MLB beer? Right? <laughs> 2009 Saison. Major League Sun. Butt. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Just a hint of ass. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the the grog tag, and you're back to that. Yes. It goes to Mr. Coconut Beer himself, Eric. All right, Whoa. Eric. Good job, dude. Nice work. Good job. Good job, um, Eric. You can make a big coconut sign for your garage. Wow, and last time Wade won, so uh, I'm glad that Eric gets some, uh, some Johns now, too. Right on. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning into this show. Um, if you want more programming like this, you got to wait till November. If you want to send us beer, email Brian with an I at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I'll talk to you. That's right. I promise I will. That's right. And we're still working through the backlog, so I think we're up to, like, January, February of this year. Like, we're in this year. We're in a current yes. year. It's amazing. So it's pretty good. Um, anyway, everybody, thanks a lot. If you want to listen to more programming uh, like this, uh, well, you can't because it's pretty much the only one on the entire Internet that uh, we do. But we also have other programming on the Brewing Network, like Heads and Tails. If you want to hear Warren and I wax poetic about spirits um, and try not to get drunk, that's that's the show. Hey, you know where I'm going in a month? Lost Spirits in L.A. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Tell them you heard about him on the Brain Network. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you later on Dr. Homer. Good night. Cheers. <laughs>